all status, I'ma beat y'all back I pull up on the block in a big Corvette yeah. Riding around the city with a stick all black Try with a token, we ain't with all that Welcome to The Roz Project, a conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech and marketing. My name is Ivan Temelkoff. And of course, this morning, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Courtney Turner. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? Good morning. So if this is your first time tuning in, this is where you will gather 100% real, raw, and unfiltered, life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. So uh, this past Friday was your birthday. Happy yeah, birthday. It was. Thank you. Thank you. How was it? What did you end up doing for your birthday? I'm curious to know. Um, <laughs> I, I've been uh, celebrating like all weekend pretty much. Um, so because we can't go anywhere, you know, mm -hmm. it's locked down here. So a friend of mine suggested we go over to Palos Verdes and go to Trump's golf course. Mm -hmm. um, her boyfriend actually suggested it was a great idea, you know, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so we had like a little picnic and wine and then uh, what did I do that night? Um, oh, a friend of mine was like telling me that there is a restaurant that was practicing civil disobedience that's about an hour and a half drive. Mm -hmm. um, so I rallied a bunch of people together and we went very far to go have some very mediocre pizza but we sat inside of a restaurant it was awesome yeah mediocre uh, pizza what was it yeah. mediocre well it just i mean i'm from new york so i'm kind of a pizza snob so, oh yeah. yeah um i i by california standards it's probably pretty good I'm just, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't really compete with new york pizza so yeah, yeah. so but uh but it really wasn't about that. It was just like amazing to be able to actually sit inside a restaurant and like mm -hmm. with my friends. And so we did that. And then uh, what did I do? Saturday had a couple of like, they weren't birthday related, but uh, people happened to be having some like gatherings actually in the home. Mm -hmm. It was also really exciting. Um, and then uh, yesterday, a group of friends did a, a picnic closer to here like on the beach it was a really nice weekend like warm and like a flash of summer um and so then, yeah i'm definitely jealous actually because you're in santa monica and it's what like 70s 80s out by you guys it's like in the 80s this weekend so like oh my god yeah yeah like, it's yeah. been you know the midwest has been so unpredictable over the last probably three weeks because snow has been like you know kind of circulating around like the michigan area and like we've gotten like you know a little bit of flurries here and there and i'm just like either snow or don't because it literally went from like 50 degrees down to like 25 degrees like in 24 hours and like people are getting sick you know because the barometric pressure change and in fact it's actually kind of one of the reasons i'm bringing up temperatures is that this past weekend my wife was like you know what one of these days we're gonna get away from this cold and i'm like oh shit, <laughs> that means we're moving <laughs> so i was like which if you ask me i mean i you know as a kid i grew up in russian like winters you know and i love the snow especially around the holidays like it would be nice to have nice to have a christmas sure. with white snow white christmas as they yeah. say but like now like in the jam January and February, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm feeling it anymore. You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. and it'd be nice to live somewhere where it's like, what, 
the average temperature out by you is like what 70s year round yeah it's like 78 and sunny pretty much most days it's you know yeah. I, I honestly i actually kind of miss the seasons like i've been thinking a lot about this i think really yeah i actually really do i miss seasons i miss like that change in the air i miss like i miss the leaves and you know here it's very it's not very green so like in the spring and summer it's not super you know you don't right. have whole greenery and then the winter and the fall you don't get that whole foliage um just because oh. of the plants that are here and mm -hmm. you, know, you get a little bit of it but it, even with the temperature change we do get winter but it's just it's the the variance is so small right um, but i feel like you know, now if I were to be exposed to real winter again, I might change my mind. But I kind of miss, like, I miss, like, real fashion, like, actually getting dressed. And, sure. you know, and I think it affects your circadian rhythm. Um, because there's something strange that happens with your perception of time when you don't have that cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, like, seasons are very cyclical. And human beings are, we're cyclical beings, you know, like, um, especially women, obviously. You know, sure. so I think our circadian rhythms are very much affected by, uh, I think all people are, but I think, I, I, I think probably even more so for women, you know, just to, yeah. So that change in the seasons that it, it, I think it affects like your sleep, your energy and just that cyclical process. So I kind of, miss. Yeah. I don't know. You know, that that's a really good point. And when you mentioned the change of seasons and missing it is just that I think from a fashion standpoint, absolutely, because you yeah. can wear longer clothing and, you know, let's face it, like you said, the change in seasons, especially in, you know, in autumn when leaf change. Well, like, a tank top is not fashion. Like it's, you know, there's a right. winter clothing. Like I, again, I'm from New York. I, I grew up right outside New York city and it was in New mm. Jersey, but you know, I'm very used to like, very high fashion you know you like right. fall is all about like the boots and the, the leather coats and you know the sweaters and just there it's it's an outfit you put it together here right like, you know shorts and a tank top and <laughs> Cook, call that california fashion right yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah so you know today's so first of all, I'm glad to hear they got to do something fun, you know, on your birthday. I know with, you know, with the lockdowns and stuff, it, it's still been really tough, you know, to to go anywhere really and do anything. It's been really hard. It's been really isolating. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been, you know, life is really depressing. You know, there's just, you can't. Yeah. And it's been really sad. A lot of, you know, businesses just aren't surviving this. So, yeah, you know, um, in fact, uh, uh, yesterday, I think I, I shared the story with you before um, we had uh, we had go live that um, I got called up into a local gym um, to do a workout session yesterday. Mm. And um, it's a it's a it's an ex NFL player who I believe he got injured and then took some time to recoup and then he started on his own gym. But so, you know, I'm GPSing right to the location to get there. And I get there and I look at the address. And I'm like, there's no sign there. It's like this this brick building with like all blacked out uh, windows on the front. Right. But there's no sign on there. I'm like, am I at the right spot? So I circled the building a couple of times right. just to make sure I was in the right spot. But then I get there 
and it's like these kind of like flap swinging door basically that you go through like really rugged like brick style there's like some barrel on the front so like walk in and like the music is thumping you can hear it and like you know there's people working out in there but like that really reminded me about local business you know and and how the importance of local business and being the backbone you know of the u.s economy and like You know, uh, granted, it was only like $35 for an hour to work out. But I'm like, you know what? You know, I paid 25 not that cheap. Um, well, right, yeah. right. But you're getting a one-on-one, you know, oh, personalized okay. oh, well, workout. Oh, well, it is, yeah. Yeah, so it's like one-on-one. And I was thinking about it. And like you were saying, it's been tough on small businesses, right? Like, you got me thinking. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather pay 35 bucks because my monthly mem- membership at Planet Fitness is like $25 or something, right. which is great. But I don't get that one-on-one time. I don't get that convo. I don't get that yeah. interaction. I don't get that shoot the shit and like yeah. personalized workout. You know, it's not really an experience. And um, there's a gym in New Jersey, um, and mm-hmm. he refused to close. And they fined him fifteen thousand dollars a day. And it, yeah, for for wow. staying open. And and he was you know very busy. Obviously, like people. And it, it, to me, it makes no sense at all. Like if 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 all of this is because there's a virus, right? What yeah. would be the best thing to do for a virus would be to improve your health, right? You, you would think that that's what you would do. Like, we have an immune system for a reason. Right. Um, right. That, that's why human beings have survived this long, you know? Um, right. So you would think you would do whatever you can to boost your immunity. And we know that exercise is one of the ways to do that. And so yeah. and we also know social interaction is another way to do that. And what did the gym offer? It offered both. So people were coming in in droves because they, it was, you know, the only gym open. And they were fining him $15,000 a day. And now, and he, he didn't pay it. And now they've seized his assets. They, they've they uh, they've taken money out of his bank account. Yep. Yeah. And Oh, I, my I, God. I haven't heard the latest. I don't know if they're uh, arresting him or not. But it's tragic really tragic this is somebody yeah. who was doing so much good for the community because he was practicing civil disobedience i mean it's a mandate it's not a law it's a mandate and right. courage to stand up to it because he thought he was doing good for people so yeah i guess this is a, a, a good, probably a good segue for the topic because he really felt like he was doing something that was right you know yeah and, and yeah. I, I would actually agree that he was i think that if they're this is all about health and why aren't we helping people to be healthy? Why aren't we talking about like vitamin D and zinc and, you know, vitamin C and all the things you would do to, you know, protect yourself from viruses. <laughs> why are we talking about that? Uh, no, you make a very valid point. And actually, um, since you talked about New Jersey, <clears throat> because I live in the state of Missouri yeah. and even though, you know, gyms closed last year, uh, when like the, you know, COVID really hit, yeah. like, it was like, what, four months or something, the gyms were closed. But then I think there was a variance from state to state on how they operated. Like even now, I know when I go to the when I go to the gym is it there's a sign that says, you know, mask required for entry. OK, so you go in, wear a mask. Right. But even then, when you go in and, and work out, it's at your own discretion. So like I think state from state to state, he has varied. Yes. You know, on, like, and, and that. It yeah. should. I mean, that that's how this country yeah. found it. It's a, you know, federalism. Absolutely, it should. I, I don't understand the whole mask. I mean, I don't understand it in general, but I really don't understand it when you're working out. So 
like, I, I know this is going to sound kind of gross. I will try to tone it down a bit. But, you know, when you breathe, like, the whole point of exercise is to expel bodily waste. That's part of well, yep. it. That's a huge yep. part of it, right? Like, you sweat. Yep. You know, that's what you're doing. Um, you know, it's right. boosting your metabolism. And the – so we when we breathe, we expel bodily waste. Like, literally. That's part of how we clean out our toxins yeah. is by breathing. Um, right. So when you wear a mask, it's like literally the equivalent of like taking a poo and sticking back up your butt. You wouldn't do that. That's really gross, right? Like, that's true. But when you wear a mask, you're doing the same thing. You're yeah. you're breathing and then you're inhaling it back in. The whole point of exhaling was to expel the bodily weight. Now, if you're doing a workout and you're doing that at, at an increased, uh, you know, uh, speed. And increased right. intensity. It, to me, that's just—it's so gross. And I, it, I honestly, you know, when I go to the gym, since you know I do cardio, and then depending, well, cardio plus, you know, whatever, you know, upper body or legs right. or whatever that day is, is that I know, especially when I sit on the treadmill or even on the stair stepper specifically, right. like I'm like fuck that, like th th I can't, I'm suffocating with the mask, so I take it off. But what they did in the in in the gym in Planet Fitness where I work out usually is just that they actually separated the equipment. So like it'll be like every other piece of equipment, basically. So like every other bike. And I'm like sitting here thinking. The more I thought about this, I was like, okay, well, if okay, if COVID does really exist, and, and I think it, it it does because there's a virus, but yeah. to be able to like you cannot mitigate something that's airborne by social distancing, distancing every other piece of equipment because it's airborne if it's right. in the air, right? So they like whether you no, it's it's not airborne, but but if it was right. in the beginning, they were saying it was, yeah. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is, is that's really where that mentality came from, yeah. you know. Which is really what I wanted to talk about today is this, the topic is psychology, right? It is the psychology of things and, and why we, well, uh, psychology is really everything. In fact, I know that initially, what, a couple months ago when we started doing, you know, the podcast, me and you, like I was starting to think more and more about psychology. And then I realized I'm like, okay, okay. So if you go to school to get a psychology degree, right? You come out and it's very hard to find a good job because psychology is just not appreciated. Believe it or not, it's just not. You know, it's so underrated. Well, most people go into their own practice. They do private practice, clinical, uh, or right. they work for a, a facility, you know, whether it be a hospital mm -hmm. or depending on what field of psychology they're in. But, yeah. Right. Right. No, that's that's a good point. And you're absolutely right. But I think on the grander scale, it's so underrated. You know, people don't understand, like the importance of psychology and how psychology drives so much in our lives, really, because, you know, before we hit go live, we kind of talked a little bit about this and it's like, okay, just because you think that something should be a certain way, doesn't mean that it's a certain way. You may choose to believe it because you believe so, right? You develop your own rationale behind it. But in reality, is it really that way? Like, when it comes to laws when it comes to you know with covid like i said it's a mandate it's not a law right there's a difference yeah. so but you know i think the the psychology behind that was just that it is a law rather than a mandate so like that's a good example of like 
And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Is how do you debunk myths in psychology? And how do you know, since I know you have a, a past of psychology and you're a huge fan of that, like I'm always curious in hearing about, you know, like how do you debunk myths like that? Because I think too many people think that they're self-righteous, especially on social media nowadays, you know? Wait, myths like what? I, I think I missed what you're... So myths from a psychology standpoint, uh, myths as in um, you develop your own belief in something and you, you feel strongly about that, mm. right? But in reality, that's your belief but that's not how things are in actuality. So the way you think about it, the way you approach it, you develop a belief because everybody has their own beliefs. We know that, right? And people arrive at those beliefs for a lot of different reasons, but psychology is a huge part of that. So the way you think about it, right? The way you accumulate information from the outside world, the way you accumulate people from friends and family about different things, right? So, but the psychology is at the epicenter of it, right? So, what you I, think about it. so that's interesting. I, I would actually say uh, what you're really alluding to is a worldview. Um, because psychology is more, uh, you know, it has more to do with personality and your, um, the way that you think about things and handle things. It's not necessarily your uh, perception. Like that would be, that's more clouded by worldview. And, you're, and most people do have very specific you know, worldview and people have beliefs that shape their worldview. Um, and I would say personality definitely impacts a lot of how people arrive at their worldview. Um, that definitely is they're They're intertwined, but I don't know that they're the same thing. Um, so personality like, or psychology rather would be, you could assess how a same situation could impact two people. And it, right. they would have a different response to it. And it, part of it would be the worldview and part of it is personality. And that, that is the, the psychological right. component of it. But I think a lot of what you're addressing has to do with mindset. Um, and that, that, that is a, I, I do think psychology plays a role in mindset. Um, you know, like somebody who has a tendency to be more optimistic or somebody who has a tendency to be uh, more right. extroverted will handle something and have a different mindset around it than somebody who is negative and introverted. Um, their yep. the reaction to things are going to be different, but it is a, a combination of the two. So when I'm dealing with someone who has a, and then you, you also have like psychoses and actual pathology that comes into play. So when you're talking mm -hmm. about like a, what is a, somebody's perception of something versus what is actually, you know, real, uh, you know, somebody who is paranoid or schizophrenic may have a very uh, removed, a very far removed from reality perception of a situation or, uh, you know, something. And that you're dealing with pathology. So it's really, it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. And that would actually require some clinical, uh, you know, professional, uh, attention. Whereas somebody who might just be coming at something from more of a, a negative kind of worldview, let's just say, say for example, um, and you know, there's elements of what they think is real, uh, but then it, the only thing you can do is provide evidence and provide your perspective 
and social media is a really good example of this because I feel like I get into these conversations with people all the time. So, you know, like we have all these fact checkers right now, which is absolutely right. asinine because you can't fact check an opinion. And most of what is on social media is opinions, you know, yeah. like I can say that the grass is red and, you know, I would probably be wrong, but I could be joking. I could be, maybe it's right. just my perception of it. Maybe I'm looking at it through like glasses that have red rose tint, you know, I, maybe I'm just making a joke, you know, uh, you can't fact check it. So right. all somebody else could do though, is they could provide counter evidence. They could say, here's a picture. Look at the screen grass, you know, right. Or they could, right. Or they could give me logical deduction. They could say like, honey, look at, you know, some other things that are green. Doesn't the graph look like that? And they could provide, you know, a logical cogent argument for why I might be wrong. But that's all that you can really do when you're dealing with somebody's uh, perception or opinion. You know, <clears throat> prime example, actually, the reason this is a really good example of psychology, uh, but it also has to do with mindset and perception. So uh, someone posted on their feed uh, yesterday about uh, the rise of Clubhouse, uh, the new iOS app and how it's such a huge game changer. And, you know, now is the time to, to get on board. So uh, my response, so two different people, right? One acknowledges the value. Uh, and then me, my response was a little bit pessimistic because my human nature came out and said, yeah, I love Clubhouse, uh -huh. you know, but let's face it. Everything has a beginning and an end. So if we look at the social media is, you know, uh, GeoCities, one of the earlier, you know, social networks came in and left. AOL chat. Came oh, in and left. Wow. I, my space, like a very yeah. short lived. Yeah. Okay. Right. So MySpace uh, came, sold, and got repurposed. Facebook says, well, we've got 2 billion users, but in reality, half of them are spam. They're just so unwilling to acknowledge it because they're boosting their numbers. And so what I was saying is, is basically, I started off as a bit of a pessimistic, bit of a negative response, but I was actually acknowledging Clubhouse because I am on it. And then the question was like, where well, are you all in on it? And I was like, well, I choose to live my life the way I want to, so I'm not going to get hung up on an app. I never have, even though I, you know, I'm an avid digital user. Right. But like that was a prime example of how, from a psychology standpoint and mindset and perception, uh -huh. one thing impacts uh, two people in a different way. Right. Because, uh, and I actually almost brought this up, but I didn't really care to carry the conversation because I knew where it was going. And I basically said, well, you win. It was my response. But then the more and more I thought about it, I'm like, it, our human nature is pessimistic because we're wired for comfort. We're wired for survival. Yeah. So we, that's why some people come across as pessimistic and negative because yeah. it's that protection of their comfort zone. Well, and it's also, it, it's the, the, it, there's a principle, it's called the power of the bad. Um, and what it means is I, I usually use the example of like, it takes four compliments to, uh, cancel out the impact of one insult. And the reason for this is that if you think about prehistoric man, it is much more important for them to be aware of the possibility of a tiger coming to eat them than it is to stop and smell the roses. Now the roses are great. We want to know that there are beautiful flowers and that's definitely something that we should all appreciate in our lives. Right. We want to be really cued in 
if that tiger is going to come and eat us and then you know what happens. Isn't that fucking insane, though? Like, what you just described, I think this is why so many humans get so hung up on the anomalies in life. Because we do. Think about it. Now, now you, you and I are the exception of it. You more than me, probably, because you're very fearless. You're very resilient. You're very optimistic, very positive, I would say. But I think, like you said, it's it's based on individual experiences in our lives. So what we went through all the way from birth to modern day, basically. And this is where I would say psychology and personality really plays a role. You know, mm-hmm. and it's so funny. I was uh, so in this picnic that I had, you know, with yep. my friends yesterday. Um, some of them have kids, and one of them brought her son, who's now six. And mm-hmm. we, as we were leaving, I was, you know, we were walking back towards our car, and he had to stop and go look out of view. And, I was, and she was like, "That's that's just his thing." Like and I said, "Oh, like he he likes the ocean." She said, "No, he even before he could talk, it doesn't matter where we are, he had to look at the view." So he said, she said, when they travel, it doesn't matter if they're looking out at like a brick wall. Right. She said long before he could even talk and communicate that like he, it was very important to him to see the view of wherever they were. And she said, it's just, that's his thing, you know, and, and even now that he can talk and communicate and it's still, it's something that's stuck with him, um, you know, now that he's a little bit older. And I, I was saying to her, I said, yeah. that's so fascinating because it really speaks to the, the nature component of human human beings and human experience, you know, like there's always that debate, are we nature and nurture, or my mom always says, a, a combination of fate and never underestimate the power of fate. <laughs> um, but right. you know, there is like, you know, certainly our environment and our experiences have an impact in shaping who we are and our personality, but so much of it is our innate temperament. And I think anybody who's had children sees this, but you see it even with dogs, like, you know, to, they're, they have a very distinct personality, and it's not because of their owner. You know, they, they may take on characteristics of their owner, but, and you, and you see this with children. This is why you can have twins and two have very, very different personalities. They grew up in the exact same environment, same contact, same parent, same, you know, situation that they've experienced, um, and very similar, you know, genetic, but they have different personalities. And so, you know, um, as you're describing of how, the six-year-old wanted to get acclimated with the view. I think that's the fear of the unknown, believe it or not. And honestly, the, the reason I wanted to discuss psychology today is because it has to do with entrepreneurship. It has to do with social media. It has to do with our, it has to do with everything. And in fact, I think one thing that I wanted to relate it more to specifically to some of these things, but the fear of the unknown is our human nature. And in fact, I've been I've I've been becoming especially in 2020 a bigger fan about psychology because I've started to understand of how much it actually impacts me as a person personally like how it's changing me and actually I've noticed um I think you mentioned this is something about uh our energy like what was it like a 12 I think we talked about this like a 12 oh, your heart has an electromagnetic field yes. 12 feet yeah I literally experienced this this weekend with my wife, believe it or not. And here's how is because we've known each other for a decade now. Right. And, you know, we get so busy with the kids and with life. I mean, there's, we've got, I was putting up 
some tile artwork on the wall this past weekend. There's always something going, but I noticed a shift in her energy because of the energy I was projecting. Like, you know, she went to the store, she cleaned the house, like she did all this stuff. And like, I think in part is because I was influential from an energy standpoint, because one thing that we've worked on is basically getting her we're kind of polar opposites in a way because I'm the one that's more resilient, more of the risk taker. She's the one that takes more of the safer route, right. you know, because she's got kind of that, you know, that natural fear factor as a human being. Right. So, but what was really interesting is like seeing how my energy played off on her and then it impacted her actions Yeah. as a result. And like, now that we're talking about the psychology aspect of this, I'm like, wow, and this actually, like, whether, you know, you have a significant other, you're married, or just with friends, mm-hmm. I think is true because of the, the electromagnetic field, I think, that you said that you, that you project. And this is Ooh. why we surround ourselves with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. I think for reasons is because we resonate and our energy attracts and or complements each other, I should say, also. Attracts but also complements each other as well. So... I think in social media, honestly, because I've heard people say, oh, you know, Facebook is doing this and that. I'm like, sure, there's a lot of censorship stuff going on with Facebook. I get it. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I, there's always an opportunity there, right? There's always an opportunity. I think too many people get hung up on like, well, the mediocre things that are happening or the materialistic things or what somebody said, most importantly. I think most people get hung up on what other people are saying rather than, like you said, it's a bit asinine <laughs> about the fact checkers because you can't fact check an opinion. You can. Like it's 90, an opinion. Exactly. And 99% of the time, like people are fact checking an opinion. It's like, and even then, like if you get a credible source, what makes it credible? Right? Like, well, what is I mean, the behind credibility? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does depend. It depends on what we're talking about and what the source is and, yeah. you know, the context. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not talking about people fact-checking each other. I was talking about when uh, Zuckerberg wants to fact-check something. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Like, how, right. I, I had a, a fact-checking on, like, a, it was a picture with, with a friend of mine having dinner. And they're like, yeah, this contains false information regarding the election. Like, really? And I think it's because her, like, her screen name has a has America in it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Well, America. You know that that set off the AI. <laughs> you know. Right. They don't like right. that word. <laughs> oh right. No. That's, uh... I, I think on the political side, yeah, there, there's a lot of that specifically. But I think principally, really, just fact-checking anything, it's kind of like it goes back to... Well, they're, they're tied. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you can't, it, it's like one of, the, one of my pet peeves is when people say, we need to be intellectually honest. I'm like, really? So is intellectually honest like different than being honest in general? So do you suddenly step into a conversation... Uh, that is of more intellectual in nature. And now I have to decide whether I'm going to be truthful because right. I'm having an intellectual conversation. I, to me, it's like, it's an asinine statement. Like you're either honest or not. You either have integrity or you don't. Like why should it change if the conversation is more intellectual? Like it's, and I, it, yeah. It is rhetorical. You're right. And I think figure of speech really plays into that. 
honestly, because when you say, you know, intellectually intelligent, right? Like, uh, I'm sorry, uh, intellectually honest, is yeah. what you said. Yeah. intellectually honest. It's like, what's the difference between being, you know, honesty and intellectual honesty? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same fucking thing. It really is. And I think that's where people get so hung up on the choice of wording and figure of speech. Because if you ask me, like, whether it's social media or life or business, is that I'm just honest. In fact, this past weekend, I've been thinking more and more about the core values of my business. And, you know, discipline is one of those. Integrity, honesty, you know, is there because guess what? Honesty can be a double edged sword. Because people think that sometimes they're doing the honest thing when they really aren't. Like, uh, what you know, honesty is like, you know, just being honest, literally, about the situation. Like, don't ship shape it. Don't, don't twist it. You know, like, be honest about, you know, for example, if you have to be accountable about something, right? Well, take accountability. Because you already know from an intuition. You should know from an intuition standpoint if you have to be accountable about something. Or if you did something wrong and admit it, now that's being honest about it, you know? And I think that's where, that's where things really get gray because whether it's on social media and I see a lot of people on social media that are you know driving their followings because of political statements or sharing stuff out that their audience wants to hear. Right. I'm just like, and that's why I post stuff like, okay, like you don't need a mass following for people to believe in you or to influence them. In fact, you need to believe in yourself is what you need to do. Literally, because at the end of the day, are you satisfying other people? Or are you satisfying yourself? Right. And I think too many people are like, oh, I need to satisfy the rest of the world and I need to appeal to them because I'm going to be more likable and more accepted. And, you know, people are going to have a different purview. You know, of me, like here's here's a prime example. I was talking with my father earlier today, mm-hmm. and he's got a subcontractor with his business. And this is the year that they do audits because in the trade business that they're in, he's got a subcontractor that's been working in for years, and it's just you know, yearly they do audits, right? So they look at workman's mm-hmm. comp. And my dad's like, well, you know, can you can you reach out to our insurance company and and, and see you know what it would cost for a 1099 person to have workman's comp? And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. And then he starts explaining me about like this ridiculous mentality that the guy and his wife were talking about, like how, well, someone said that they don't need workman's comp in this industry. I'm like, who said that? Do they work in this industry? And the media was like, oh, well, we don't need workman's comp in the trade business. I'm like, the fuck you do? Who told you that you don't? It's a liability. It's actually to protect you. It's It's to protect you. But that's a prime example of misinformation, lack of education, you know, and making assumptions. So this is why, in part, you know, I wanted to talk about psychology is because I think there is a lot of misinformation. There is a lot of education. And people develop their own. There's a lot of misinformation. And right now there's a lot of disinformation as well. Yeah. Exactly. You know, whether we're talking about politics and Mm -hmm. and everything that happened with with the election or, you know, what's about to happen. Right. Because we're we're stepping into a, a, a new era. And I, I think there, there's just a lot of that miseducation, no education, you know, development of your own beliefs, because I think that's reality. And we've talked about this is people have their own beliefs and, you know, your reality is your beliefs, basically. Right. So what you believe in. But from a psychologist standpoint is this, you know, 
how do you arrive to those beliefs? And do you choose to arrive to those beliefs because you want to believe those things? Right. right? right. I think that's where things really get twisted is because, you know, and I know there's exceptions like, you know, uh, like with laws and things like that. But in social media, there's a lot of opinions, period. There <laughs> is. Like literally I scroll through my feed and I'm like, okay, like who posted this? You know, or someone's pissed off or someone's venting and it's like, oh, well, you're doing the same thing. So you're being passive. Oh, so I'm passive when I'm venting, but you're not being passive when you're venting. That's being a hypocrite, basically. Well, I mean, that, that's social media is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like a town square where people can just right. communicate and you like what somebody has to say. You can respond. You right. don't like it. You can scroll along or you can. Say, hey, this is my thoughts on that. You know, that's what it's supposed to be. The whole point. Right. It's a social conversation. That's just yeah, it. That, that was the no. whole point. But not just a social conversation. I mean, this is, it really was supposed to be like a town square. You know, mm-hmm. it's a public forum um, where people can exchange ideas and thoughts and, and opinions. Absolutely. So. And, and I think I think obviously a lot of that is happening. You're absolutely right. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a town hall type of me, uh, meeting where people are sharing information. But I think at the end of the day, it's like the accuracy of the information, the source of the information, you know, the truth, you know, behind mm-hmm. things. And I think that's what has really sparked, you know, the height of social media, because whether it's for personal use or for business use, and I actually um, had someone else um, on the Overdrive uh, episode of the Ross Project that we talked about personal versus business branding. And, you know, we talked about the importance that, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, like it's an extension of who you are mm-hmm. as a person. So, like, you know, I, I guess in a sense from a psychology standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, the way you develop your character and personality and you know who you want to attract is going to impact your personal brand and your business also i mean that's why you know we do business with people we like and trust because we like them we trust yeah, we, we trust them yeah right i mean is there <laughs> going to be a, what's that? at least you should you should do business with people who you trust you must because why i mean would you want to do business with someone that you don't like and you can't trust Especially if you can't trust someone. That gets very problematic in business. Right. So, like, but I think the psychology is at the epicenter of everything we just talked about. You know, it's like, how do you arrive and how do you choose to arrive at those conclusions, those beliefs? You know, what you choose to perceive, what you choose to acknowledge, you know, what you choose to reject. Also, because I will tell you this, the psychology about this is there's... um. Uh, so yesterday I was pulling the curtain in the bedroom and uh, I happened, so there's two curtains. I pulled the left one and then I, I, I pulled the right one also, but the right one got pulled halfway. And so I started to walk away and then I stopped myself. And I thought, Ivan, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Like that's what came to mind, literally. So then I turned around and I fixed the curtain because it got snagged up basically right. and it wouldn't pull all the way. But that's a prime example because 
like you know you hear people that make their beds every morning right it's like how you do one thing is how you do everything i want to be honest with you I, i struggle to make my bed every morning but then as i get older i start to realize like ivan it's the little things that help you improve as a person and as a human being and that really has you know a chain effect into everything in life and in business and the psychology behind that is, is just that if you half-ass something, you're going to half-ass a lot of things, right. you know? So not to say that I'm perfect because I'm not, and I don't want to be perfect because that's another thing that I've been seeing on social media and people have been reminding me this is that, you know, perf uh, perfection is the illusion of insecurity or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of people that aspire to be perfect in everything they do, are actually the most insecure because they use it as a cloak basically to kind of protect themselves because we're not perfect as human beings. In right. fact, God made us imperfect because he allowed us, he's allowing us to work on ourselves every day. Mm -hmm. But people don't acknowledge that because I think in part we, we live in such a materialistic society right. that when you make a mistake, right, how many, and you said this actually, is for every one positive thing, it yeah, takes. So, so for every uh, negative, you need four compliments uh, to cancel it out. Right. So for every negative thing, you need four things, to, four positive things to cancel it out. Like that's ludicrous. That That's why we're wired in a pessimistic way, believe yeah. it or not, is because it's that fear. Yeah. It is. I think it's it, it is that fear. And there was actually a clubhouse room, you know, that uh, was was talking about fear. And they were talking about, like, how do you overcome fear? And I probably had some of the most blunt answer because my thing is just like, you know, I just keep pushing. I, I remind myself of my why and my purpose. And anytime I have fear of something, I remind myself that I'm meant to overcome this. Prime example is uh, I've had a fear of heights since I was a kid. So I, the, the short story is I was swinging on a swing that kind of goes like back and forth, kind of like a Joker style at six flags, you yeah. know, and I fell off of it when I was really young, I fell off, I slid off of it. And then the swing, like literally almost hit me in the head as it was coming back. This was when I was really young. Yeah. And ever since then, yes, exactly. It was almost like a post-traumatic experience. And honestly, for it was probably until maybe my mid 20s, I would say for like a period of 15 years, like no heights. I wouldn't go up to tall buildings and look down. I was just afraid, like mm -hmm. suddenly. But then when the Batman ride opened in Six Flags and we were in the in the States, I got on that thing and I loved it. Awesome. It's so fun. I loved it. Like swinging around at 70 miles an hour. I got on it. And that's when I was like. Okay, the opportunity is on the other side of fear. So the psychology was like, the psychology was like, okay, fear is implanted, I feel like, in us as human beings because we want to live safe and in comfort. Like, we don't want to jeopardize our current state because... We also don't want to die, so there's that. You don't want to die, right? You don't want to die, right? It's the fear of dying, absolutely. And But then when you, when you breach that, yeah. because... You know, in business, entrepreneurship specifically, is the more you breach fear, the more you grow. It's just a given fact because you accelerate, you're, you're, you're breaking down barriers. Yeah. Now, it's not always going to be a positive outcome, but that's just said you are taking a leap of faith yeah. to do that. Yes, absolutely. So 
that's a prime example of the psychology of like, and, and now like having kids, I'm like, holy shit, one day I'm going to be like swinging around on roller coasters. And my wife has actually gone to Cedar Point, which if anybody's. Yeah. Teach, yeah. I've been, I love it. Yeah. So Cedar Point is like the elite of the elitist from what I've heard. I've never been there yet. My growing up, my dad used to take us like around the country to every amusement park possible. Um, wow. <laughs> and yeah, so I've been to Cedar Point. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in closing, I, you know, I, I, I admire. Because I want to say something about fear. Because I, I think people make a, a mistake with fear. It's not about being fearless. It's really about courage is facing fear. It's knowing you're afraid and taking that risk anyway. It's making yeah. that move in spite of the fear. That's what courage is. But I think a lot of people kind of think that it's about like getting rid of fear. You're never going to get rid of fear. That's because human beings are wired for survival. We will always have fear. So. But you, you said you will never get rid of fear. Yep. There's a lot of people on social media that would like to think that you can uh, curb fear altogether and become fearless. I think that's where things gr get gray. You are never, I, I mean, I, short of, you know, having a true uh, pathological condition, uh, you're never going to eradicate fear. Human beings have fear because we are wired for survival. There's always going yeah. to be things that, uh, you know, make us trepidatious and scared. And that that's hardwired into our neuro uh, psychiatry, essentially, you know, um, yeah. It's it's bioevolutionary and it's a uh, you know evolutionary psychology. So that's always going to be there. But we can have courage. Courage is being able to step in the face of fear and know yeah. you're scared of something um, and say I'm going to do this anyway. Yeah. No. I. Well, that's that's why I brought it up is because you know social media can be so polarizing because a lot of people like to take matters in their own hands yeah. and i see some truth to that because you know when you take matters in your own hands you can control an outcome that's going to serve you mm -hmm. and that's where i think you know beliefs come into play too so but like you said a lot of people like to say that i'm fearless yeah. right well you're not fearless yeah. because you're not wired that way right. i can tell you that scares you <laughs> right but see, when I come to the table and say, you're not fearless, people are like, Ivan, you're full of shit. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, we don't have fear. Like, we're not fearless. Or we can't be fearless as human beings. I'm like, courage, like you said, yeah. is the counter to fear. You can have courage, but to say you're going to be 100% fear free for the rest of your life, no. I call bullshit on that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's where things really get great. And that's why I love the psychological components because it affects your mindset, it affects yeah. your perception, it affects your personality, it affects your beliefs. And I think that's what the psychology in part makes us unique as human beings because we all look from a psychological standpoint, we all look at everything differently. Like you yeah, said, we're all so different. The grass might be green, but you think it's red, right? Yeah. So, like, that's a prime example because you choose to believe that it's red. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, it's green, which 
I think they call that an illusion because it's really green, but it's red, so it's an illusion, right? Because, but you create that illusion for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I was using that more as an example of like, I could make that statement. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we we don't know what's behind that statement. I could be making a joke. I could be making, you know, could be satire. I could be trying to get reactions from people. You know, there's many different things, but it's still, it's just, it's an opinion, like, you know, I'm make throwing out a statement. Um, that actually is, that would actually be a fact and it's an incorrect fact, but you can't fact check it because you don't know what the intention behind it is. It's, if somebody's making a joke, how do you fact check a joke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it is a statement of fact, but you don't know the context of what, and especially not in a written text, you don't know the context of that statement. Right. So, right. You can't have to check it. <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan. First of all, I, I I love the psychological component. You know that you always bring to the shows. Uh, admire that because I think that it has such a huge impact on who we are as human beings. And a lot of people don't I think don't necessarily see the value behind that and how it really changes you or how it shapes you into yeah. who you are. Okay. And that's why I think, you know, I'm getting more into like mindset and personal development and, mm-hmm. and, and self-improvement, sure. you know, um, uh, something uh, uh, that I actually wanted to mention that was speaking of psychology is why do they tell you that self-talk is good for you? They tell you because uh, human beings like to hear themselves speak, believe it or not. They, they, so when you, but if you self-talk, because self-talk is about affirmations. It's about, you know, validation, but to yourself in an essence, right? Well, most people will say, well, that's crazy. (laughs) You're crazy for talking to yourself, right? But believe it or not, I mean, I've heard some, you know, uh, big coaches and consultants that really talk about the importance around self-talk and how it affects from a psychological standpoint, but most people won't acknowledge that. But people would rather talk and open their mouths on social media because they just like to hear themselves talk. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Just like to hear those, themselves talk. It's like... A lot of people want to hear themselves talk. Right. I, I don't right. want to hear them, but a lot of people want to hear themselves talk. Exactly. Speak with purpose. You know, that, that's my motto. Is speak with purpose. If you have something to say, yeah. say it with intent, Maybe. but say it because, you know, uh, from a belief standpoint or from... A factual standpoint. Yeah, it's you know? Jordan Peterson's uh, 12 Rules for Life is uh, be precise in your speech. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. Courtney, uh, amazing episode. Again, you know, I, I'm sure we could talk more about the psychology part yeah. of it, but um, <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure we will. And uh, to everyone watching and listening out there, you can uh, pick up uh, the audio episode later today also on all the platforms and obviously you can watch an audio and video and uh, uh, do you have anything to add Courtney before we sign off? No, this was awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys. Have a great uh, rest of your Monday. Courtney, have a phenomenal week and uh, we'll see you on Friday. Take care. Bye.